So, at the risk, of, this is going to be a three-hour podcast if we don't tighten it up, make it a six. Uh, what? A tight, a t- the tight twenty. I need to. I actually, I can't record all night. I've got to keep it tight. I okay. can't record. I'll say it with me. I can't, I can't record, record all, night. all night. I gotta, I gotta keep, keep it tight. It tight. I can't record all night. I gotta keep it tight. My house. Hmm. I don't know what you mean by that. So we haven't recorded in so long. Um, I can't record all night for the week of June the twenty seventh. Be with you. I'm just writing that down so that I E3. remember it. So that because I'm gonna have to say it. A Dead times. and gone. Bury it. Are we We're gonna... not gonna talk about E3. Hardly. We're not here to talk about E3. If you care about E3, or if you care about that part of video games, then you already know it all. Listen, it was a boring the- E3. Elden Ring was dope, but and Breath Whatever. of the Wild too. That's sure. The PC gamer thing, okay. There's a lot of good indie pixely, big pixel games on the horizon. But you know what? That doesn't. That's not. That's that really isn't what this podcast is. This podcast is usually about, right? It's usually about what's it's out a now. Podcast about what we got going on. Is that what they sound like in Pittsburgh? Yeah, it's a good podcast about what we got going on. I wonder what they sound like in Pittsburgh. They don't talk. They don't talk. Everyone just, oh, keeps, they just they keep to themselves. They keep to themselves, and then they they just assume what the other person is it would want. They just do unto others as they would want done unto them, and the, it's beautiful there for that exact reason. Everyone just assumes what the other person would want. They have to just d- divine the needs of others, and it's amazing. It's amazing for it. So... All right, yeah. So, so I, I guess I should let, let's say this at the start. Uh, I'm moving to Pittsburgh. I am moving. I am moving. Uh, Struggle be September, damned. September. You got to it. Pittsburgh. Uh, it, well, it doesn't. I don't have a house yet, but I'm moving there, or whether I find a house or not. But we're looking for a house, and uh, if we don't find one, then we're going to move into an apartment. And if we do find one, then we're going to live in the house. Wow, there it is. So I'm looking forward to that. Some people ask me why why Pittsburgh, and I say why not Pittsburgh. So affordable. the The cost of living there is insanely low. I'm going to be spending. Oh my god! What the what fuck the, is What is those notifications? All right, I have to I, mute this. How, how do you mute? How do you mute? Right click uh, the channel and then click mute channel for a set. Um, hide muted channels or what? No, just uh, just right click the channel and click mute channel. Is what? Where is the conversation? The conversation is happening on Legends. In text chat general. So go to text chat. Go to general. Mute channel for. One for eight hours. That's how long this podcast will take. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So moving to Pittsburgh, uh, the the cost of living there is extremely low. Uh, the the thing that immediately like I I'm so interested about with it is that the city center is uh like ten minutes away from suburban areas. So you get like the suburban comforts. You get to like own a car, like go to a bunch of stores, like be near highways, and still be like ten minutes uh, from the downtown area. So it, it seems like such a nice mix of like urban and suburban feel that you don't really get in New York, right? Like if you live near the city, then you are stuck in city traffic, like good luck owning a car or having access to parking or really being able to leave whenever you want. Like one thing that's really challenging about living in or near the city is that it's actually very hard to leave it and, and to go somewhere else. Uh, so, so those are the reasons why I'm attracted to Pittsburgh. Uh, apparently it's got like a very good food scene, very good art scene. Uh, Alyssa visited and she like fell in love with it. So really looking forward to that. And yeah, buying a house fucking sucks. It is, it is very, very hard to actually be a part of that market right now. 
it's a it's a seller's market they say it truly is so i guess maybe i don't know it would be a good idea to wait a little bit and see what comes of this of this world but at least i don't have to worry about home ownership for um so that's the craziest part of this is that what i didn't realize is that owning a house is for the most part cheaper than renting a house um if you have more if you have initial like i don't think with thirty thousand dollars it would necessarily oh i'm putting less than that down on a house i'm planning to put uh about twenty i mean thirty thousand dollar salary i don't have thirty thousand dollars no well there you go i make thirty thousand dollars in a year if i'm lucky if you're lucky there's luck involved yeah Depends on the Valorant skins that come out. Oh, uh, that's much. So video games so, or so, houses? So that's the main thing I got going on. I've been, uh, it's been so anxiety inducing that I've actually just been playing way more video games because uh, I'm so anxious about mm-hmm. the whole process. Um, we have not recorded in a while. I know. So I've... there are a lot of video games that I played and forgot about since then. I dipped into some Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Not much to say about that. It's Mass Effect. Uh, Griftlands 1.0 came out. Dipped into that. Um, not going to talk about that too much. But I'm going to play more of that. Wanna... I downloaded that, and it seemed really, really cool, but I didn't fully get the hang of it yet. But it seems like there's so much happening narrative-wise. Is it like... I, everything kind of... It calls itself a roguelike. Is it like you run... Is it roguelike where you're kind of starting from rogue, the same it spot? It is do you start um, from the same spot, kind of, and then remake the same choices and see how far you can go? So the way that it works is Griftlands, it is a deck builder roguelite where uh, you pick one of three characters and it, it has a story to it, but the story changes. Uh, well, So the way that it works is like the main story, depending on the character that you pick, mostly stays the same, but uh, there are all these like side quests that are happening as you go along. And those uh, will be different uh, throughout different runs. And essentially, you're, you have two decks. You have your negotiation deck for convincing people of things, and you have your battle deck for fighting. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting was the way that you maintain relationships in this game, where if, peop- if uh, you are really friendly with certain people... Uh, and they like you. Uh, that might mean that later in the in the uh, campaign they will show up and fight with you. Or if you can convince someone to like love you, uh, then you will get a permanent like perk uh, that happens always. Like your first attack deals double damage, or every time you sleep you wake up with seventy five gold. And then the flip side, if somebody hates you, uh, you know that could present problems for you if they show up in fights. And also, you will get a permanent debuff, like uh, eating food will make you sick, or uh, your negotiations are worse somehow, like stuff like that. Um, And and that's kind of the progression. As you uh, go through campaigns, uh, you also are getting like perk points that you could spend to uh, make your character more powerful on future runs and give them new abilities and things like that. And you're also unlocking uh, new cards that will show up uh, throughout throughout the mission. And similar to Slay the Spire, uh, the decks available to the three separate characters are completely unique. So, yeah, it's it's a pretty neat little game. Um, for me, it, it's, it, it feels weird because when I'm looking to play a roguelite, uh, I'm usually looking for a podcast game or something to kind of tune out and play. And Griftlands, it's a funny complaint to have, but it requires a little too much focus. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Like because there's like the story stuff and there and like there are choices to make and considerations like both narratively and with the builds, it's like it's kind of a little too complicated to be what I'm looking for in that time slot, in that game slot. Uh but I think that a lot of people will love this game. Yeah, it seems pretty cool. I wanna I wanna uh play a little bit more of that. I I, I haven't been playing I I downloaded Scarlet Nexus, I think that's the name of it, and I've been pretty excited Scarlet to, Nexus. And I'm pretty excited to play more of that. I've only played around an hour of it. Um it just kinda it just just came out. And uh it's a I guess it's on the outside more JRPG, but then fight-wise is very action-y. It's like closer to a Devil May Cry. Uh, I think it like you get to pick between two different starting characters. The character I picked, I don't know if they how they how differently they are, having really not played that much of it. But um, the character I picked has like telekinesis, so you're able to just like pick up things and throw it at them. So you have kind of regular attack combo strings, and then while you're doing that, you can have different a different button moving a car to fly and hit them and it, it's it is definitely the best looking of the of that anime style that i've seen so far there's a couple of games yeah. that do that like live action anime um that and and i think this is this is so far the 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 one that so nails that is style this made by the tales of people is that who makes this i don't think so hold on i'll get all right because and also so so answer this to me uh I'm answer me this the I know it's it's just Bandai, I guess, Uh, but uh, but but Bandai does do tales, right? So I'm going to present you with a phrase and I want you to respond to it. Discover a brain punk future. Brain punk. Yeah. Go on. I have to respond to it. So so the so from playing the amount that I have played, um, there's I guess like cell phones are inside of the mind and. Um, uh, from the from the COVID vaccine. From the COVID vaccine, so so peep. So one of the first things that happens is the character, one of your the friends is like is like I'm so glad we don't have to talk in public. That gives me, that stresses me out. Um, I like using yeah, the, sure. the, our brain talk, and I'm talking to you, and no one can hear it. And that's one of the first things that so so that's brain punk, I guess. I don't know. Um, and then also like this like this simulate like the the character is in an academy it starts out with being in an academy and they like jack you into the mainframe and then you're fighting you know these and it's apparently it's a a virus that took over it's not that's not the best yeah it's not the best um look to be like uh a a virus has taken over but that's what it is like a virus a computer virus took over the world and uh made itself corporeal i guess i i I don't want to talk anymore about this i've already spent more time talking about it than i have playing it so so it is by the people who the story is by the tales of okay god fuck fireworks right fireworks suck is that what that is those are fireworks back there that's crazy people be wilding people Um, be wilding fireworks suck also fireworks suck all the time even when you're the one doing them they suck so it seems insane that that i have to be uh wrapped up into everyone else's loud ass fireworks game all right so let's keep going so we both played this game wilder myth i played a lot more of it than you did wilder myth wilder yeah another uh, thing that i want to play more that that because of the the game that we're going to talk about well so i'm going to say this though i started it and i think i'm good on it um i i I think the idea of it was so good so wilder wilder myth the idea of it is that 
you can make these like you start out by like making three characters and they have kind of like different personality traits like uh i don't i don't even remember like it'll be like mercurial rogue so you have like a, ro- a like a greedy poet or a gr- yeah a greedy po- a greedy poet um uh mage and uh it's st- so you start out with kind of different things that will determine what you, what the characters want to do but then also you kind of make choices as the story goes and some of the examples would be like i like your characters in the beginning aren't all together the three of them that you're supposed to make the party out of uh in jar in true jrpg form are kind of split up and then they have to in the very beginning kind of get together to start uh doing the their adventuring um so one of the first choices that it encounters is like oh i hope this character isn't stuck in a house because i and then it's like a love her b hate her have a rivalry or c we're friends and uh you pick that and then that like influences dialogue so like the initial things that the characters do influences dialogue and then every time and then you're constantly making choices that like that influence that like canonize aspects of the game but i don't uh find in in theory there's a lot of cool things i don't think in practice it was like extremely fun you didn't play a lot of it but i did i played uh four and a half hours yeah so 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 let me talk a little bit about those so this game is a a sort of ex-commy campaign based game where you're getting invested in characters uh they're dying permanently it's hex based Uh, it's kind of like a final fantasy tactics it's got like a storybook comic-y style to it and the thing that's kind of interesting about it is that it has procedurally generated storytelling uh where essentially like the events that unfold and all of the possibilities are based on uh, the way that you have built out your team of characters and what traits they have sort of determines like how things will play out. So at the start, there are like access to all of these different campaigns and, and you know, they're sort of like D&D campaigns. And then you choose one of the campaigns and you play it. Um, and you start out, you make your characters. There are three character classes, and that's it. So that was kind of like my big first problem. So there's like a warrior, a hunter, and a mage. Yep. And then like there's the mage, the approach to the mage in this is actually very cool because the mage and the way that they work is that they possess items around them and make them act in certain ways. So they can possess something made of stone and make like a chunk of rock fly off and like bounce between enemies. They could like uh, enchant a sconce and make like a giant flare that blinds enemies, or they can enchant like enchant like a plant and make it like pull and bind things. So I, I thought that that was pretty cool. But the actual like there's only three classes, and they're not they're very different. But there's there's only three of them, and I like to have a lot of classes. So that was kind of a bummer. But one thing that I did think was really cool is that there will be events that will permanently alter your characters uh in ways that grant them new abilities uh so there was this moment where my character found like ancient fire and i was able to choose like put your like taste the fire and stick your head in or like dip your toes in or grab it with your hands so i chose like to take the fire and grab it with my hands and it like set my character's hand on fire and then they like had this magic fire on them so they could no longer use two-handed weaponry uh but they had access to new fire ability and then uh after i finished part of the campaign 
it was like, do you want to let this character's mutation continue? And I could let the character lose the ability to use both hands, but then they would gain uh, additional fire spell. So I thought that that was kind of cool where, uh, you know, you sort of are, you could be completely changing characters based on mutations that they find. Uh, but otherwise, like the game plays is like you're going, you you are on like this overworld map and you're trying to gain control over areas. The more areas you control, you get more resources. Uh, and as you go through the campaign, you use those resources to build new gear, uh, and level up and maintain your characters. And then at the end of the campaign, once you win it, uh, you your characters become part of like a legacy. Like they become heroic heroes. And the next campaign that you do uh, takes place like years or decades later uh, where those characters are legendary. And there are opportunities for you to uh, recruit those, like maybe recruit one of your old legendary heroes, uh, which is crazy because then they're all powered up and things like that. So I, I thought that it was really neat, but my issue with it was I thought it was lacking in variety, mostly in terms of the combat variety. I thought that it was just a bit lacking. But one thing that you'll probably find interesting is that it has this sort of nemesis system going on, where there are these different factions of monsters. And as time is progressing through the campaign, uh, the monsters are getting more and more powerful, but you can essentially like slow them down by spending a currency that you gain through controlling areas. So as you control your areas, you can use it to slow down like how much power, more powerful uh, the different classes of monsters are getting. And so I should play, yeah. I do kind of want to play more. Like there is so many cool ideas. Um, the style actually does, like the, the, the storybook style, I guess, is a unique choice. And they they definitely did something with it. It's like these kind of, it's almost Paper Mario, right? Like there's like these, there are these, 2d cutouts jumping around a 3d world yeah um, it looks like uh they could not hire an animator yeah so but i mean if that's true they still did stuff with it and it is a very storybook type of game um they made it work yeah they, they definitely made it work and it definitely feels like done like it is i i think an actually a, a terrific amalgamation for dungeons and dragons so if you're just looking for that like and the writing is good like I, the writing is is very good actually um, and yeah, you are developing those relationships with characters where there is like rivalries and uh, friendship and love. And those three uh, are giving different types of combat benefits depending on what they do. So if you're a rival with someone, if you do like a, a stunt move, which is like their version of crits, like if you do a stunt, uh, the your rival is more likely to also do a stunt next turn because they want to like show you up. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, pretty neat. Uh, one game that I that I definitely want to talk about, though, that also does some pretty interesting things is uh, Outward, which Outward came out a long time ago. Outward, uh, I think that was a 2019 game, yeah. But it, it kind of flew under the radar. Not a lot of people talked about it. It actually, it didn't review insanely well. Like, it, it reviewed well with, like, some PC-specific sources, I think. PC Gamer gave it an 89, but on Steam it has, like, 74%, which, you know, is is kind of low for Steam, but I, I think Outward is is really something. Uh, it is a survival RPG, uh, which I don't think there are a lot of. You know, you have survival games and you have RPGs, but uh, not both at the same time. The game that this actually reminds me the most of is Morrowind. Uh, 
And, and one of the reasons for that is it's pretty brutal. Things are pretty obscure. Uh, there's no quest markers. There's no, like, map telling you where to go. But it is, for all intents and purposes, like a Western RPG where you are... Uh, the way that it starts is interesting, too. So you are, like, in this shipwreck, and you end up getting saved, and you go back to your town where you're, you grew up. And they're essentially like, uh, you know, that crash sucked, but now you have to pay the price. Uh, you have to essentially, like, give money to the town and to the people whose goods you lost on the boat, or you're going to be exiled. So you have... Uh, four days to come up with this much money or we kick you out. And the way the story develops is totally different depending on whether or not you're able to find that money. But I thought that it was so interesting of like the sort of like, they're not giving you a direction and they're not giving you like quests. They're just like, hey, you need to go out into the world and find this money and come back. So you kind of have the option of doing whatever you want from there where you know you could just try to uh, gather ingredients and turn it into food and sell the food, or do you wanna like raid a bandit camp or skin skin creatures? And, and then once you do that, uh, and you either do come up with the money or you don't, you sort of set yourself up to join these different factions. Uh, so there are like three different factions, four with DLC, that like are different perspectives on the same like story events where like there are these like major story events where like people are dying and getting kidnapped and all of these things are happening and like there's a big battle and you are seeing different perspectives on that based on which faction you join so the actual gameplay though is very i know people like to you know throw around dark souls but it is very dark souls of like you are dodging you are uh parrying you have a stamina meter but the other thing that this game has is it has uh, classes, and you are the way that it works is that you can essentially choose uh, three classes to specialize in, and you're kind of like mixing and matching moves from different classes. So I think you get like you're you're you get a hot bar with like seven buttons on it, and then you have to like choose like what abilities to put on it. So there are ones that are like, if you're a hunter, you get like a, a sniper shot that lets you deal extreme bleeding damage to enemies. Or if you're, or you get like this enrage buff that makes you deal more damage, but it drains your maximum health every time that you use it until you rest. And you can consume the rage buff by doing this giant uh, sweeping attack. And then the game also has like this really interesting magic system where you have to go to like the center of this corrupted mountain and like give permanently give it your health and your stamina and for every piece of health and stamina you give it you get a little bit of magic i've always and assumed that's you, how magic would go and once you have the magic it is like you, the spells don't do anything by themselves you have to combine them with other spells so you can like you have this spell like spark, which makes like a pop in front of you. But if you put down like a fire circlet or like a, yeah, like a fire rune on the ground, and then you do it, it'll, ch it'll change into like a giant fireball. And, and so stuff like that. So the, the character choices are cool. And also the game is fully co-op. So it, it's been fun. I've been playing with friend of the show, Kevin Cruz, and he's been uh, the magic man. And I've sort of been a, the magic man. A, 
a, a bow character who also has uh, like a two-handed sword, which is also really interesting because you have to sacrifice uh, hotkeys to, to choose uh, if you want to have the long sword out or if you want the, the bow and arrow. So the sort of considerations that they force you to make on that are interesting. It's one of those things where like playing into the limitations of what they give you with the skills is, is one of the things that makes it interesting. And it's very hard. It's a, it's a very challenging game. Uh, it's one of those games where you can't save scum. It's like always, like no matter what you're doing, it's like constantly auto-saving in the background. And so like when you die and things like that, it like, you know, it can like fuck you up. Uh, but I've been digging that. And I think that it's a, it's a really terrific co-op experience. Probably wouldn't recommend it uh, solo. Okay. And the music is good, and it and it's a good-looking game too. So big fan, big fan of Outward. All right. What else have you got? Or do you want to jump jump into the the? No, so uh, I I also want to talk about this game that I recently picked up. I picked it up on the Steam sale. Steam sale is going on for uh, the next ten or so days. Uh, it's going on for a bit. But I picked up this game, Slormancer. Uh, okay. Here's here I wanted to hear about. Go ahead. I, I'm really interested in this game. So it is, and I I don't. It is so different from other games uh, that it's like. So I do want to talk about that. Uh, it is an early access action RPG. So think uh, Last Epic or Grim Dawn, Path of Exile, Diablo. So in this game, you are okay. choosing one of one of three classes. It doesn't really look like that, i got to be honest, from the way it looks, but go ahead. It, it is, though. That's so uh, wild. So... I haven't really seen one that has that. So this is like a... You said it was pixel art? It is. It's got some fat pixels. Okay, so yeah, it's a pixel art one of those, which is weird because I think that's fairly unique among that genre. Yeah, so you are choosing one of three characters, but unlike uh, Wildermyth, there's a lot of diversity because each of the three character classes has uh, three different subclasses. I've only played with the mage so far, uh, but they have the option of this... uh, One of them is called like Dedicated Scholar, and they are tr- they are like mixing different types of magic together. Like if you cast different combos of magic, uh, you're getting all these boons. There is a time warping mage where like you're messing around with time and doing chronomancy. And then there is this sort of uh, arcanist commander where you're commanding all of these clones. Okay, and the I thought clones you were going to say blood abilities. magic. No, sorry. I I do think that th- that's probably uh, more in line with one of the other characters. Uh, but one thing that's interesting is, and I'm, and maybe this is an early access thing, but uh, you have access to all three of the characters. So none, nothing that you do in this game is locked in. Uh, you can freely respec. You could freely uh, switch to another class. So you kind of can like play any of these classes. Like you sort of have different inventories and stuff like that for uh, any of the classes that that you choose to play. So you could play like all three of them at once, essentially. Uh, and it has that sort of last epic style of uh, skill trees for abilities, where each ability has its own like skills skill tree um, that you're moving through. It has uh, the Grim Dawn. I don't know if you played any of that. I did but not it has, play Grim like, Dawn. This... <clears throat> so the other thing that it has is it's called Ancestral Legacy, and you could think of it kind of like Path of Exile, um, uh, Path of Exile Sphere Grid, but instead of passives it also has active skills so these are like sort of globally available active skills that any class could use 
So these are sort of there to supplement uh, your class's abilities. So other than that, it's also got uh, the main thing that it has my like the thing that I, I find so interesting about it <clears throat> is that weapon drops are very rare, but they're extremely meaningful uh, because they are like these growing, evolving things that like uh, they level up. They give you like a ton of different like passive abilities. They like are build defining, like even the common ones are build defining as they're leveling up, they're like changing what they look like. That's so and dope. so I, the most negative thing about this game, and this isn't based on what I've heard, uh, but generally uh, it is lacking in content. And I think that for an early access title, that's, that's, like no, the that's nicest, an okay problem to have. Yeah. That's, that's the nicest thing you could say about it is that the game is lacking in content. It always um, is a problem though, because this is this is the this is the game that you play as a video game mancer. Is do, do, okay. I'm probably gonna buy this, right? This is this is on sale for twelve dollars until July eighth, and it sounds up my alley. It looks really cool, but do I want to play it right now? Yeah. Do I? Do yeah. I, I don't know, but but the, it, sometimes you get your fill. That was the darkest dungeon conundrum. The 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 problem that is like plagued that has always like plagued me uh has been or what was also um dead cells dead cells was like i mean dead cells i did i didn't let it happen to me though see dead cells i took the other route because darkest dungeon i i killed it by playing like 30 40 hours of it in early access they added all these things and made the game more interesting and better and more dynamic um but i'll never know because i don't have that much of an interest to go back to it um and uh i don't know like i wouldn't i wouldn't want to uh run out of things to do uh and not feel like going back but my philosophy on it is that because there are different character classes uh you're kind of getting a a different experience when you revisit oh like slay the spire where you do go back to it when they release a new character okay yeah so and i mean uh i guess think of it also from last epic right you play last epic it is in early access and I, I guarantee you're gonna go back to that game. I do want. I, I, I absolutely back. will go back to it. I do want to go back to it. I'm so waiting for. Chaos. I'm waiting for more. There was a big last epic um, patch, but not the big enough one that will get me to come back in a more meaningful way. But I will. This I will try is, this. This out. game is very chill. It is. It, it, I, I, I like so far that like there seems to be a lot of variety and a lot of interesting things going on. But, but I like that it is very simple so far. Even in the way that it looks, like it has this very like simple, very nice look to it. It's got a great soundtrack. The like the visuals look good, but yeah, apparently just like right now, it's just like a little bit light on content. Okay, that's Slormite Studios, which I feel like they're gonna be a studio that makes a certain type of title of game. Or maybe they just make this one game. Maybe they right? make this, this like one game. Thing and they, they just make this one game and they make it really good. All right, what else have you got for me? Ooh, I mean, I, I've played so many games, but I feel like I I think it would be best to just soldier forth. And the the, the elephant in the, the room, uh, the the giant frog whale in the room. Uh, I have played ninety two hours of Guilty Gear Strive. I think I played around seventy. That is uh half as much Mortal Kombat as I've played. But this game came out two weeks ago, so it's kind of disgusting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I what's with it. the quiet that happened after that i so the the main draw of this game i think for a lot of people was uh the net code and we've spent a lot of time online and it, 
it's not perfect, but I do think that it is the best feeling uh, online experience I've had for a fighting game. I think I think a lot of my opinion of this game that I've played really just mainlined into my veins is very much the same is like Guilty Gear Strive is not perfect, but it when you at least take it uh, when you at least put it among its peers, it's it's the best um fighting game i i love fighting games the, the the most like if you look at my steam charts like the the games i have played the most at least on steam is um uh, like tekken 7 and uh dragon ball fighters is like my kind of highest ones and path of exile for some reason but um uh i love fighting games and have for a long time i i i played fighting games poorly as a child and then took them seriously when street fighter 4 came out Thanks to sure I got next. friend of the show, Ryan Galloway. Uh, thank you, Ryan Galloway and Bumper, for the use of your music. We use an intro and outro. Revive off the new... Uh, oh, fuck. We use a new intro right and outro. You can, get it off, you can get it off the new album, Pop Songs 2020. Um, I could that, real change... Quick, real quick plug. Uh, Ryan Galloway has a new song out. Uh, it is called Everything is Happening, and it is under the band... Ooh. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is U-O-O-U. So, uh, you, oh, oh, you, everything is happening. Check that out on YouTube. I need, I'm going to, I, I liked the song. I'm going to look, I'm going to listen to it again and see if I can clip a good intro and outro. Cause that's what I do basically. Right. I just clip the, whatever the recent Ryan Galloway work was, but, um, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Ryan Galloway for also the music and for getting me into street fighter four. We got pretty serious on it and like both bought arcade sticks and played a ton of it badly online against like L- well in person a lot against Li Joe Marvisto some of like the the people who turned out to be like un- incredible a lot of them um, uh, but we had played and I am uh, against them in person so I since Street Fighter Four I have really liked fighting games and basically I've played almost every one of them do i stick with every one of them no the ones that i mainly sticked with it, it, it recently was street fighter uh five um and tekken and dragon Ball fighters like i said uh so i really like this genre this genre it has so many problems that has never been fixed and that's why we always joke about riot coming in and actually doing a good job um with the genre because somebody they, they get it wrong some way somehow they, like they always get it wrong one of them. they can never just it, it can never just be like other genres of of games more typically have a vertical like a vertical progression in in like things have gotten just better like they like we they have made the game feel better they have made the game look better the online works better the options are more diverse like everything is usually better the, in fighting games that's not the case there's always multiple there's always a couple things that are so grating that are left out and usually one of the big ones if not always the big one is that online sucks and also, you'll remember in the COVID episode of this podcast, I talked about how online being bad kind of killed um, fighting games for the year of COVID. Like they they couldn't do Evo because no one takes online video game online fighting games seriously. The netcode is so bad that it cannot be possibly considered to like work. And then most people who end up trying to play online, if you if you don't have like if you don't go to like locals or you don't have a lot of friends that play it probably you don't have a great time because the online netcodes always end up sucking. So this one, this is the first one that kind of used a rollback, like a GGPO style netcode, and it is better for it. Um, there was In a, a way, this is the first fighting game that you can play online. It is. Like there are yeah. 
there are other fighting games that you could pretend like you're playing online. Uh, but this is, and, and maybe you're playing some of the indie games, some of the lesser known games. Maybe you're playing Power Rangers Battle for the Grid, yeah. uh, which has rollback. Uh, but for the most part, if games like Tekken, Mortal Kombat, Dragon Ball Fighters uh, that you liked, uh, they have bad netcode. And like, yeah, Tekken works great really some of the times. Play them online very much. Yeah, not great. Like, great some of the, like, arcs, both. Dragon Ball Fighters and Tekken, I would say, is like it works great some of the times, and it doesn't work great a fair amount of the time. You you basically the way that online usually works in those games is like you get a bad game and you play one round of it, and it's like everything is lagging, and then you play one round and then you quit out of that. You don't rematch. You get another bad game, rematch. Don't rematch. Get another bad game, don't rematch. You get a game, it's good, and then you and that person like hopefully have a good skill level and then you grind that one that that one match for like an hour just like replaying the same person over and over again happily as like the at least this one works at least like the net code is working so we'll just keep infinitely rematching each other until one of us gets bored so yeah both of them every once in a while they'll work um tekken also has other problems of like really bad kind of like uh, like uh lobbies and the other really thing the, the probably the thing that drives me the most fucking crazy about tekken is that if you invite a friend to like a player match, then after the uh, after if you hit rematch, it reloads everything from the very beginning. So there's Still? Just, th- yeah, they never fix that. So so we were just recently playing before the before um, Strive came out Tekken anyway. So so this is like this sounds like a little thing, but imagine you're playing your friend online. The online isn't that bad, and. Y- Every time you, you, in a best of five, which is Tekken is a best of five, um, whenever after the third person wins the third round, um, you hit rematch and there is a long ass, huge load screen to reload the level that you were just in. It doesn't just like rematch it. The way to get around this was like all this bullshit, like going online to a player match and finding the other person and then it would just automatically it's just i don't even want it's ridiculous yeah so, i remember so um so there's so every fighting game has all these dumbass problems and always uh fuck shit up and this is the closest one to getting it all right and and that's not perfect it's not perfect it's not close that but, definitely but starts with the netcode right it is the only fighting game it, it definitely starts with the netcode there was a somewhat reputable japanese versus north american um, tournament that happened last night and the fucking rollback was out of control and most of the games were like 200 milliseconds fair, that was na versus japan but uh, that's what right? i'm saying i i, I that's a it, it it kind of looked real it kind it, it it looked like it looked like for the most part you might imagine the results to happen in a similar fashion if they played each other online and for the most part like like i on think land on land, uh, I, that's what I meant. You're right, but uh, and then for the most part, we're, uh, when it's when it's us playing, um, a, a lot of times it looks really smooth. I, f- I I've complained about it. It feels like it it looks smoother on my screen, like it's reacting to me and showing me exactly what the input. So so you don't feel any lag, but there is a little bit of lag, and it like hides it. So so you do every once in a while see like weird rollback, like hitting an enemy, and you look at them in their hit animation, and then suddenly like. The game like rewinds and then they hit you and weird shit like that but for the most part it's not it's it's the best it's ever been um and this is a really interesting game i guess to to get out of like the weeds and and go into the actual thing is like guilty gear is usually um really anime these kind of longer 
um, harder combos with lots of crazy one frame shit and and like looping corner combos that really scare people off a lot. And Guilty Gear Strive is the most grounded of all the the Guilty Gear games. I feel like it it it, it doesn't even necessarily have to like sacrifice speed in, on a lot of characters that I think are are still as fast as regular Guilty Gear characters like Eno or Giovanna. But um, the combos wow, are much shorter. Chip. What? And Chip. No, you didn't mention it. It's fine. It's fine. But the combos are much shorter um, the, for the most part. Like, uh, and, and so that is also because they have like this new system in the game uh, with the wall breaks, right? So uh, historically in fighting games, like the biggest combos you do based on like... When you trap the enemy in the wall, their their you know hitbox has nowhere to go, so you're getting like these huge combos. In this game, if you hit the enemy into the wall too much, uh, the wall breaks, and you get bonus damage and a hard reset. And so, you get um increased meter. Yeah, so it's it kind of rewards you for doing a big combo in the corner. Uh, but, but it also it, resets also, the neutral. Yeah, it also like gives them a way of of taking infinite combos and making sure that they're not a problem. Yeah, but this is actually, like, uh, friend of the show, Ryan Galloway, hates it. But um, I think it's a really fascinating... I'm surprised no one's ever done it before. I guess, like, some of it is, like, obviously... Um, uh, I feel like it, it. we have taken too long to say, like, the presentation is amazing. It's the best-looking fighting game. That, I think, is a fact. Like, Arxis keeps upping their own game. And the animations for a lot of the characters and the overall look of it is unbelievable the like faust just normals are all unbelievable if you just if anyone has a chance to see it and most of the, like, the supers are unbelievable and zato looks in- insane the way he just transforms in different things so the game has this amazing look and the stages are really gorgeous and when you wall break it goes there's three different actual every stage is three different backgrounds and when you wall break, you go to a different one of the stages. So that's like really crazy. And the wall, the actual wall break mechanic is like one of the most nuanced. It's like really f- phenomenal, interesting, nuanced mechanic to get around a lot of things. Like you said, it's a big reward. But maybe more important than all of that is that it cuts a lot of the frustration. Like the character that wall breaks has a good feeling. Like you feel good. You, you get extra damage. You get m- more meter. Um, but secretly what's happening also is that the person who is on the other side of it and was just like sitting blocking in the corner for a little while, then got hit with a mix up and now took a big chunk of damage at the very least they get reset to neutral because after the wall breaks and the characters like fly over to a different, um, side of the map and then start refighting on a different background, um, they're, they're, they're reset at neutral. So you can re you can start over and not feel like. The game is like unwinnable if you just get stuck in a corner. I really like that because uh, anime fighters have a tendency to like one of the frustrating things about that style of fighting game is how much time you can spend against a wall just sitting there blocking. Like this, it's a huge problem in Dragon Ball Fighters. This is a really interesting uh, way to get around it. Um, there's a lot of other interesting things that this fighting game does that I uh, think is, like, really brilliant and uh, kind of never seen before. One thing that I think is really, like, super fascinating is uh, there's no there's no gauges or resources that save between rounds, um, which is... Oh, Burst does, but yeah. Does, does, I thought nothing did. Burst I thought does, everything yeah. resets. Uh, but but the, at least the, um, 
like the the tension gauge which governs like a lot of these major things you can do like um canceling yeah, your super meter can't your, your super meter like you're being able to do your your big like super attacks or being able to cancel uh the recovery frames of a move to make it safe or to do a longer combo um resets between rounds and what the the really cool thing about this is that in basically every other fighting game um, you kind of have this in the back of your head uh, that like you have a meter and should you spend it or not. And I, I really do like having um, just everything all up front. Like if you have the meter, just burn it. Don't worry about um, saving it. That's something that I, I I really like for the most part. Yeah. And, um, and speaking of the meter, yeah. But but it, with all of these systems, like uh, one thing that I appreciate is the game does not have a revenge mechanic. Yeah, uh, yeah. So in, in a lot of fighting games, uh, including like Marvel versus Capcom is like the biggest culprit of this. Uh, there is a way of like, oh, don't worry if you're low health because uh, you're going to have this crazy move that's going to prevent you from like getting like from being out of it. So in uh, Marvel versus Capcom, they had an X factor, which is uh, the more characters that you've lost, you get to enter this like super state which grants you access to more speed and more damage and uh street fighter had ultras and uh you know all of the essentially like all these games just had ways of what what did dbz fighters have well there was there was like sparking right like there there is like an x factor in that game and i think that and it worked similarly where like the last character had the strongest one so it's the same kind of thing and it's kind it, it is relatively important for those kind of games um, and comeback factors are like, not only are they like somewhat hype, whether or not people want to admit it, um, but also they make it from feeling hopeless. If like the round has gone to like one person nearly perfects the other person and the other person feels like, well, there's no way for me to come back. Like you having a big thing to get back in can, you know, make what seems impossible, like kind of turn around, but yeah, like yeah, that's this, cool and all. I don't like it though, so I I personally just appreciate that it's not in this game. Mostly, this game uh, doesn't need it because the damage is so high. Um, like generally, uh, like two co- two or three combos or like a big wall combo is enough to kill um, most characters. So you don't really need it. Um, without like it, it feeling like it's insurmountable. So so yeah, I don't think that it's uh super super important. Um what else like it's a it was a pretty relatively like small roster um but fair like 15 i guess it's not as small as as it could be like a lot of uh fighting games yeah, especially when there's unique is, this is a hard reset sort of this is yeah. like people could think of this like as almost the first guilty gear not in terms of the story but it is like the, the characters that they chose to omit were the most complicated characters that the game had yeah. Uh, so they started Zata, out with. It was pretty pretty weird, but um. Yeah. So they started out with a with a simplified cast. Uh, they they stripped a lot of characters uh, of moves that they used to have and reworked a lot of characters. Yeah. Uh, I know Ramlethal is very different than uh, she used to be. Uh, Faust is is extremely different, like totally different move set. May was simplified. Like all the characters are sort of like. They're all reworked. Like yeah, it's weird. But Potemkin to... is the same. He like actually, it's weird how. I mean, so is Zato. Zato yeah. is fairly similar, but it's still pretty different. I think one of the major things with Zato is also you can like cancel some of his Eddie moves that makes it a little bit more simplistic rather than just always having a negative edge, which is just way too inside baseball. But um, but yeah, for the most part, it is like a pretty clean break. It's it does remind me 
a little bit of like uh, Street Fighter 4 went for this uh, because it was the big return of Street Fighter. They basically just did like the popular Street Fighter 2 characters that everyone recognizes. 5 also went uh, further in that direction kind of where it was it started with a smaller a very small cast as well and the characters that that did return uh, had kind of different kits like didn't work the same like guile in that one is like a almost like a rainbow guile like he's able to do these like crazy long hard hard to pull off combos in a way that like guile never did those guile was always just about zoning but um uh, so it is it is a pretty interesting thing that they've done in a lot of cases they definitely didn't just um, make a new engine and then port all the other characters over from it they, they did a lot of work on on changing those kits uh to some success i guess uh i i go back and forth between what i think of the game's balance like they're for the most part there's like a good like four i guess all 15 feel somewhat viable at a high end just based on the way the damage works so like just based on the fact that and the way that every character in Guilty Gear is usually, like, pretty mix-up and match-up heavy. So um, if, if you can trick your opponents or they're not used to your frame traps or the way your character works, then you can always, like, just steal rounds. But um, there definitely is some... In, for Yeah, for the most part, the better player will win, right? Yeah, so, somewhat. One thing that really is driving me crazy at the moment is just how... Uh, there the the tiers feel a little bit more cemented in this one like I, I as i get used to the systems um i can play like a mostly bad like if i just play a high tier character that i don't know how to play that well it mostly goes pretty well and it's it's weird how like if i've just put a ton of time into a lower tier character that just works harder um that i don't see the the uh i don't see the the like fruits of of the harvest kind or what yeah you would but say, like, currently the characters that are considered high tier are also the easier characters to play right yeah. and They're, it could end up that some of the more challenging characters uh like maybe chip are are better uh once the game has been out for a longer amount of time that has and been the would, thought and then i would guess that you wouldn't be able to just be like i'm gonna play chip now and make it work yeah i mean if that if that happens like like the japanese players really seem to think that chip is very good and he was like day one like dead last like he like he was last with the bullet like it made no sense his it almost seemed like his character design made no sense and he's almost like the one crown jewel of the cast to me in that the like arxis released him as he was and that the it took like a week for anyone to think he was remotely playable like it was in the beginning it just seemed like there's no way like his damage wasn't there his his health is the lowest in the game there's no way he's remotely playable in this incarnation um he would need like big buffs and then as people kind of found setups they've made it so that he's one of those kind of more akuma characters where the health doesn't matter his damage is huge his combos are these like long ridiculous um technical and like fascinating to look at combos and he's one of those characters that like he touch he like touches you gets the knockdown and then sets up for the next hit and you're just always on the receiving end of his shenanigans so his health doesn't matter if you know if you're always just having to like block crazy like frame traps and cross-ups and shit so he's the one of the few that i really look at that it's like maybe arxis really did know what they were doing and maybe things will shake out better but then there's just like there's saul at the top of it where there's 
Saul bad guy is just has kind of everything in his kit and his his frames like his buttons are amazing like he just frame traps accidentally all the time like he doesn't really need to think about these things or practice these things he kind of just gets to do a lot of things on his own he has like what the fastest tied for the fastest normal in the game i think like he has like a five frame kick or something uh that he can get full damage off of as a starter there's so many things where it's just like he has big ass normals like he's he, he's like a big gorilla where he gets these just like 75 percent screen sword swings where if they hit he can counter he can get huge damage off the counter from it so he just seems like a problem he seems like someone who like regardless of what how much time passes and what gets figured out he'll probably i would i would think he'll need to be tuned down at some point and like the other characters that people are worried about are like ramlethal and may and all three of them are pretty boring to watch i think for the most part i'm play they're like pretty suffocating characters that their their stuff just works like more than a lot of the other characters that have to work harder for it um so yeah it's been interesting that that aspect of it has been yeah but i would say that if for someone who's interested in uh like trying out a fighting game don't let that dissuade you because again like the tier list stuff uh probably won't matter for for most of the player base yeah it's interesting and and to and to like talk about i think what the that kind of person the 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 person that this game was going for was, was without a doubt like they were black and white when when they said that they wanted to make a game for more a more casual audience that, that was their goal from the very beginning so the, the the like the main big difference is if you just look at this guilty gear versus exerd and like the end of exerd and what that looked like um was is that the characters on the screen are much larger the game doesn't take place as much in the air it's more footsies it's more normals it's more big counter hits these are all like things that kind of return it to street fighter like this is actually like is the closest that guilty year has ever been to like slower street fighter and more footsies rather than just like insane air-to-air combat and big combos um so that was what they did to make the game more accessible and in doing so, like the, I, I, I think that it, it's kind of weird because I don't know if I would always recommend it to uh, a, a new player. There is a ton that this game actually is like very poor at telling you, and that ends up being like kind of inaccessible for it. So the biggest thing I think that we would both agree on is that there are no like combo tutorials. Which you you were very against me when I said that this was an important thing. I thought well. I, so here's the thing about combo tutorials is that uh, my thoughts on why they didn't add it or what I hope is that uh, they plan to add it later and that they are waiting to first iron out uh, the balance of the game before they tell everyone, hey, here are the combos and then change them on people. And, uh, you know, so so I'm thinking that maybe that's why it isn't in there. I, I think that that is the thing that Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Street Fighter V originally didn't have those and then added it later. I'm not sure. I think that they, I thought that they did. Or or you could be right in them having it like in the first month and not it, the game not launching with it. Um, let me, I don't want to say for sure. Either way, it's it's an omission that, uh, you know, does, it does matter, right? Like it, like people are going to have, all, like they're going to have to look up combos online and they're going to have to learn like the bizarre notation of anime fighters that if it were included in the game, people wouldn't have to worry about. Yeah. So 
I, I, I can't really exactly find it. I forget if it launched immediately with, with Street Fighter V or if it came later. The the There's always, like, combos, I think, are at the heart of what people, at least what, what newcomers struggle with. There, there's other things that are more important, ultimately. Like, like if, blocking. Like blocking. Like, if, if you, I, I think it's been f- interesting to play with friend of the show, Nate, who doesn't actually play fighting games, uh, really, and to see him kind of try to, to like... I, I'm looking through his eyes to see the lens of like a new player and what they think about things. And I think that whenever over the years, whenever I've heard people online talk about fighting games or heard people in person, why they don't play, play fighting games, usually it's the combo thing comes up of like, I don't want to sit around and mat and like practice doing combos. So I'll never be good at fighting games. Um, and, or they think they are good at fighting games, and it, it is such a sticking point. It is such a sticking point, and one of the and there's there's pro there's there's reasons why there's always are always issues like uh, people optimize the combos, and rarely do the developers know exactly what the most optimal or best combos will be. So it would be it's hard to release a combo tutorial thing that is it's never going to be optimal it would never show you like oh this is exactly the best combo because why would anyone want that why would anyone want the developers to have like the game so known to them like so solved to them that that on day one they're releasing like here is the highest most optimal highest damage most optimal meter gain combo for a character you don't even need to get into the lab or practice any of this Uh, obviously like i'm not expecting that but i do think that in a game that like want like fighting games are so scary to so many people and they should hold your hand they should have like here is babby's first combo so that you can do a like one through ten of like here just learn how to do the fireball motion for this character and what happens when you do that up to like here's a pretty basic combo that ends in a wall splat with a super so you can jump if you can memorize this like we're and we're 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 holding your hand to to learn this one uh then you can go online cuz people it it is really weird how how there is a huge segment of people that would play this game and then the second year like that they're like losing to combos online and someone would say okay so um just just tab out right now and put in um you know Giovanna combos that that person is like you know what? I'm gonna not tab out. I'm gonna close it down. I'm not doing that. I will never do that. I like if I'm playing Guilty Gear, I want to be playing it. I'm not going to go outside the game for resources. It's a huge, weird, like sticking point. I kind of get it. Like it, especially it is... when you look at the videos and they are in like a notation that you're not familiar with, and I... then you have to try to like translate it because like in anime games it'll be like, oh, two three six p. What what does that even mean? Yeah. They, for for Street Fighter fans, like they do quarter circle forward. Um, for the for for Tekken, most of the inputs are one, two, three, or four corresponding to hand to the hands and feet. Um, and for for anime fighters, they have always used a number pad notation. Um, the best one. So it it is. I, I I don't know. Like I feel like it's easier for me to say quarter circle forward than two three six p. Uh, quarter circle forward punch is is a little bit easier. Um, but regardless of what it is, it, it, like, think of the, think of, really just think of that. Like, you, you don't know the combos. Someone tells you you have to go offline to, like, you have to tab out to find the resources elsewhere. So now you're already, like, frustrated because it's like, why is it just not in the game? And then you start looking this stuff up. And then now you're, you're looking at these combos and you're like, I have no idea what I'm looking at. 
How would I suppose? Well, how am I supposed to divine what two three six p means? Hey, back in my day, we had to go to the dust loop forum if we wanted to learn combos. I know. We didn't have these YouTube tutorials. So, so kids it, these days don't know how easy they've got it. Sure. All right. And the combos are obviously much easier, but still, it's one of those things where it just kind of baffles the mind. And 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 along those lines, uh, frame data. Like I think we're we've moved into the point where where I I kind of wish fighting games gave you the tools. Um, frame data frame data gets figured out. It it it, sh- it shouldn't be this magical thing. Um, companies always release it in some way, or it, we're in a world where people can just la- math that out. It's not. It it happens. It's going to come out, and once the frame date is out, the frame date is out. It should be in the game. It, Tekken did this weird thing where they they release it as DLC that you that you had to pay for. I just feel like you you are the developers are, are do this weird thing of fight the developers of fighting games do this weird thing where they're like we don't want new players to be afraid. We want the casual audience. So then the casual audience sees a new Guilty Gear game and everyone tells them like this is a big popular franchise and they look at the animations and the game looks sick and then they get into it. And none of the tools are there. Like, they really aren't. Yeah. They, 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 you cannot go through the, the missions that they have. You're, like, imagine, even imagining a new player trying to go through what they have as a tutorial for, like, okay, so remember Faultless Block, and remember, um, like, Instant Block, and remember the six different types of Roman cancels. Like, people's heads have fucking exploded by the time that you're getting to that. When you, when you start telling people the different colors of Roman cancels and what they're doing is just no this no that's no one is on board for for that yet like you, you should be to do the to do the missions in guilty gear you should be like 15 hours in i'm not even joking you should be you should be at the point where you kind of know combos you are kind of doing some online you've played enough of it that you kind of feel a little bit comfortable and then you go back to the the, the missions and you're like i really want to get better i need to to learn more about these um, these like crazy, it's crazy because al- the mechanics. missions. It, it's weird because the missions are giving you information that you didn't ask for. Like, here's how to counter a specific move that Soul Bad Guy has, and and here's another way. Like, here's how to approach Soul Bad Guy, or like you need to. Uh, and like, oh, I know you have to instant block this and realize the difference between. Uh, stroke the tree slash and stroke the tree heavy slash and that's the nuance that the missions go into but they won't tell you that 5s always links into 2hs they won't tell you hey for the these two moves on every character are always a combo yeah i like the it was it it's we we've talked about this exact thing it, it kind of blows my mind that in them simplifying that 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 the combo structure uh i had a after a couple days of playing it um, I, I was just playing against n- newer people who didn't know how to play. So what I would do is just pick different characters that I didn't understand without really looking at their move list. And I had this realization, like I could just yeah. always and, do slash and, crouch and heavy slash. The crazy, the crazy part is that the mission modes have the combo tutorials built into them, but they're hidden. So there will be missions that are like chain normal moves into special moves. And yeah. they let you choose a character. And depending on who you choose, they show you notation yeah, for they... the normals chaining into specials. I just don't know why there isn't like, like there should be a better, like the, where we're at and who they're trying to onboard with this is there should be something I, I could pick 
that doesn't make me have to go out of the game that I can just jump in right away. And it says like, press this to do this thing. And that people, cause people, that kind of stuff can actually onboard people. That kind of stuff of like within the game learning will onboard people when the game just says slash heavy slash down heavy slash and then quarter circle forward punch does this move. And then someone instantly learns something and they're like, I will not forget that th- those three things. So, and I can take that online and I can do damage. So friend of the show, Alex, a lot of blaze blood, and he loved playing Hakuman. Uh, and he actually did learn combos, but he only ever learned the combos that the mission mode in the game taught him. Yeah, I mean, this this is there's people are like this. I, I I don't think I'm not even saying anything bad against them. Honestly, I'm just saying that there are a lot of people. There, there's probably I would I would bet ninety percent of the people who play Valorant don't really look elsewhere for Valorant they, stuff. They probably don't play Aim Lab. They probably don't think that much about it. They probably just and that's fine. I'm not saying that there's anything and like, like and and eighty percent of them are a higher rank than I am. It's yes, exactly. Eighty percent of them are sixteen and they're better at fragging and they know how to bait their team. And guess what? That's fine. That's absolutely fine that people are going to be better at the game without having you know the the way that I, that we like uh completely obsess over video games and are like get like really deep into like a niche game and look elsewhere for like different forums i like i read reddits about my favorite games i watch youtube videos i read uh big up big like articles on different video games so i'm like i'm in the smaller group that would be so fascinated with it that i want to learn theory behind the video game and theory behind like what I'm doing, and there's a certain le- there's more often than not. It's just something that people do to enjoy themselves. That's and that's fine. Like you, you don't want to. And I don't know if you noticed right now, uh, but in the in our Discord there are there is a five v five where Jessica went to a land cafe with her family and friends, and they're all playing Valorant. It's a nightmare. Isn't that wild? What a crazy thing to to make your family do i know right but these people will never they're never these these people would never go outside of the game for combos i'm just saying that that uh, it's a it's a weird game that it it is not casual friendly um the 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 game really should tell it it was weird to watch uh friend of the show nate play you know 50 hours of this one character basically and really not learn combos and really not learn, you know, the concept of punishing and really not even learn stuff like movement or instant air dashing. Like there's, there's so much that, that I take for granted as someone who has played fighting games that I, that I, that transferable skill that has come over that makes it really awkward that, that the game doesn't actually talk to people about that I just take for granted that, like, of course, I, I know that in an anime fighting game, you should instant air dash overhead um, to get in. Like, obviously, uh, is like one of the is like the first thing you do, but people won't do it. So I, I, I just think that kind of aspect of it is, is pretty weird. I wish that there was frame data. I wish that there was some better modes. I wish the game was a little bit more um, learnable. But as it stands, though, I do think... It's the best fighting game. I, I don't think that it's my favorite. I think that I, I wish that this were Blaze Blue instead. I I think that the cast is fine, but I, I they're not weird enough. Yeah. They're not they are not I agree. Like, I, agree. I agree with you. As crazy as they were in previous games. Like there's no venom. Like they're like in, in Blaze Blue, the very first Blaze Blue that they made, 
all of the cast was like so original where there was like a whole character that was based around like I'm I'm going to curse you and when you're cursed uh every button I press fills the screen with bugs or a grappler that has a like a vacuum m- a vacuum built into his kit where he's sucking people in and Yeah, he magnetizes them. you. Um, and uh and an electricity vampire. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and the way the drives worked, where I, I, I do agree with you. I actually do agree with you. Like Guilty Gear, I, the the animations are weird. The like the animations are like dripping with like cool shit. Like, I, like I said, Faust, Zato, um, the, uh, Nagoriyuki is like the most beautiful animations, and he has these like perfect animation, like just really like down to exact kind of like perfect Japanese swordsmanship of like him like hitting the hilt to get the blood off the sword kind of it's just so much love was put into every single frame of this game it looks gorgeous but the actual character designs are much more like I said r- grounded they're Reserved. much more, they're, they're much safe. more rooted in reality um of, of the general of general fighting game styles uh and they don't do as much just like crazy screen filling super unique can't get it anywhere else bullshit um which, which is what Guilty Gear was known for. Yeah, which is what Guilty Gear was known for in Street, and and it is, you know, not going for that right now. Um, it would be cool to almost see a a middle ground, like a Blaze Blue that did this, where it was a slower moving, less combo centric Blaze Blue, where you still had that drive button, you still had something where um, the kit was like so based around one aspect of it that plugged into the entire game plan, um, and. It is like the they they didn't kill it with the balance with fifteen characters, so I don't know if they should have launched it with like twenty five or thirty or something like that. And eventually, the game will get there, and maybe the and the game will probably be better for it because at least for right now, it is a sparse cast. And and when you when you play when you've played seventy hours of it, like I I'm not trying to like you know it's like going to like a dinner and eating everything stuffing your face and then just being like well why is there not more i i do i i i don't know how much more i can ask for if i played 70 hours of it but it's like at this point I the characters feel the characters i like, I, know, I pretty I, nearly I have place, like i pretty nearly have and at least i have like basic combos on on almost every cast member um so it yeah i just i wish it was i do wish it was a little bit uh weirder maybe we'll get there maybe they will they'll release the venoms and stuff like that um imagine Imagine um, this game with Venom. I the I, the lobbies. Um, everyone's so if 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 you're not aware, uh, the the lobbies are just so horribly broke, and they went for the thing that Arxis has been doing for a long time, where uh, you don't just invite someone to that just just a a menu that says um, like James is going to fight Ryan in the next match, and if he, whoever wins fights Galloway. Um, so you're not doing, so they don't do that. It's that physical style of lobby again, where you're a little avatar that's jumping around and you go to like a arcade cabinet to fight with someone else. And that's how they've been, Arxis has been doing, um, fighting game lobbies for, uh, good for mostly bad, really to, to everyone's chagrin. Um, it, the way that we would have to like meet people in Dragon Ball, for example, was tell someone like, Hey, come to lobby 18, and then hope that you both could get into the lobby and then go find a place on the lobby to like play each other, whatever. So I kind of, this is the first one where like, I almost kind of see why they do it. Um, having a lobby open that has like four or five friends or six, you know, we had like a lobby with eight people at one point. Um, 
all like on different like the arcade machines like fighting each other i think is a really cool kind of thing it's like kind of interesting to be like hey uh we have a switch up who's fighting yeah like switch up and you just like you're you're physically walking over to a different arcade cabinet in the game to like go play someone else and i could see how that would that would work if the lobby system weren't just so broken unfortunately like there's this the lobby just like dies. I don't understand why. At a point after a couple games have been played. Yeah, the game has some bugs, like not even with the lobbies, but like other weird intricacies of like the music setting doesn't like correctly change to the volume you set it to. And so you go back to the main menu and like yeah, the game I, has some on that, some oh my god. Things to work out for sure. <sighs> oh my god. So Guilty Gear is famous for having incredible soundtracks, and this one actually doesn't um it doesn't miss the mark like it it pretty much it has some really good songs in it and they 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 daisuke ishitari always kills it um but uh and the the other crazy thing about it is that uh if you're a fan of like old guilty gear music like i am don't worry they've got blue water blue sky they've got holy orders be just or be dead they got all your your favorite hits um you get through the shitty gotcha mechanic that they've got um that you don't pay for money money for so don't worry um so they have all the music and the, the new songs are, are killer good. But it really drives me crazy that I really wish that this were in the game. I don't know if this is something that they just overlooked or why this is not the case. But um, there's, a, there's an option for auto, which just picks the character's theme. Or an option for random, which picks a, st- a song at the start of the, 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 when you're playing with someone. And we'll play like, you know, 10, 20 sets with each other. And the song never changes. I really wish the, the music is so good. I just wish I, I, it, it, it'll make me sick of the song. If you're if you're losing for like twenty rounds in a row, then Disaster of Passion actually sucks. Which is sorry, I'm so sad that that's a thing. Like I should never be upset that Disaster of Passion is on. And if it is, and I'm losing my tenth straight game against like just a horrible matchup, and I'm just not learning anything. It's just you're just fighting Axel, and you're just like fuck. I can't move. He just keeps poking me no matter what. And whenever I just sit and think for a second, he hits me with an unblockable. Um, and then you're just listening to Disaster Passion, which you just love. You suddenly hate it. It's just, it fucking sucks. And I wish that they was, there was a true option for, like, cycling. Um, just just play me a different song at the start of every match. I, I, it, it, would, it, would do, it, it would actually make everything almost so much better. I, I would be able to, like, tolerate a lot more if they just switched the soundtrack up and I didn't have to just get, go go wild with the song going on loop. Uh, agreed. And and I could see that being like something that they patch. Yeah. I, Listen I, to me talking about Japanese developers patching their game. I know. I, I, I don't know. I it, It's very tentative. Um, the current player base is there. I think it was the most popular all-time launch of a fighting game on Steam. That's not, yeah, that's correct. Um, with the best concurrent, uh, players and the number has since dropped. It was like, I think it was 30,000 was, what was it? 30,000 concurrent, which seems low, but, um, uh, fighting games usually actually have pretty small, uh, uh, player bases. Like, like even like a lot of popular fighting games will like actually just sit around, like after they come out the, after the first month, they pretty much just sit around like a thousand or 2000, 3000 on, on big days after patches. But, uh. Uh, it was a huge launch, so I guess like the hype is there, and for the most part, it seems really well received with the community. Um, people are having a good time, I guess, for the most part, uh, and I hope that it gets only better. Uh, yeah, that why quick, not? Quickly, 
Uh, that's that's some guilty gear right there. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I so half the time I really find myself infuriated by it. Uh, just and that's more just it to do with what we haven't talked about. Just the overall playing of the game. Sometimes you know. One thing that would be an interesting topic for for another day, which would actually be maybe when we start seeing more concrete details about the Riot Fighter, is that I have always kind of wondered about that dichotomy between um, the old, like, let's say Blaze Blue, right? Like, let's say, or or old Guilty Gear, like, in, nearly, inf- like, let's talk about real Infinites, infinite, Infinites, or... Um, Street Fighter 3 maybe where Street Fighter 3 is the combos are shorter but they're all one frame links kind of in a lot of cases they're really really hard to do um, so what does like the the dichotomy between really either like ridiculously long and expressive combos that are very hard to pull off and require a lot of training um, or very short easy to pull off combos like Obviously, if you go f- far in one direction, if you go the really long route, you basically can never, you can always guarantee that your player base will be very small. Like, people just don't play Melty Blood. They, people just don't play, um, like, Blaze Blue in the big numbers that they would play Smash, which has, like, actually what even are the combos. Like, they're more based, Smash is more based around Oki. But um, uh, when you go all the other way, so you'd almost think, like, like, it should be about the spacing. It should be about I'm the better player. It shouldn't be about I practiced one frame links for 20 hours. And for some, I used to, I would almost always have in the past agreed with the the latter. Um, but m- the more I play this game, the more it makes me kind of realize that uh, even though there's characters that I really like, even if I spend a lot of time on them, the characters that kind of uh, work in the game's mechanics more that have these big gorilla normals that just work better almost like seem to i succeed with them better um and if it wouldn't be the the case if i sat around and learned a 40 hit ridiculously hard to do zato combo that has like all these like air infinite shit and like loops on the wall it would take me a really long time to learn it but also that would suddenly become my best character and at the very least when i landed those combos people would be like damn that person practiced a lot um but when you have short combos that are like more relatively easy to pull off and practice becomes a little bit less on a lot of the characters about um practicing and more about just putting in the time to learn the spacing to learn the matchups then i don't know you do i do think you like lose something sometimes i i look at it for like i've played so much time and i fucking suck with this character that i love you know yeah and, i mean I, and it I wouldn't be that way I played it well, so i get it yeah like it would it, like it, to go back like you played eric kune in in blaze blue and if you put in a thousand hours in eric kune and you just labbed it out then no one could ever jump on eric kune and then give you a run for your money. That just would not work. Um, and no one would ever look as good as you on Arakune. But with the game being as simple as it is, like we had, just like we said, like our new friend has played a lot of this Ramlethal, and I basically jumped on new practice for two minutes in training mode. Was like here, can, just give me one bread and butter combo, and then just beat him with a character that I've never played. And that happens a lot in this game. Sometimes you just feel that. Sometimes you're just like, why is this person? Why is Galway picking up Axel and then fucking destroying me? And it's not even about like the combos. It's just about like the matchup, you know? Yeah. So. But at the same time, uh, looking at what you and Galloway could do, you are not, like, the typical players. So, you know, do keep that in mind when you make those sort of judgments. What do you mean? Like, I, like for example, if it were me, like, I wouldn't be able to, like, pick up a character day one and be like, this is my new character. You were pretty good, Leo. Amazing. Yeah, but I, I put in three or four hours of Leo before anybody saw me playing him. 
Also, he's much easier than the other characters that I were playing at the time, which was uh, Faust and um, Chip, which is who I was playing before him. Yeah, it's been pretty interesting. Well, the, another weird last final thought is like the for the online, it's like ten floors, and every time as as you're winning or doing very well, you rank up and you can't go back down to the bottom floors. Um, and I've just been casually going up the floors. I haven't really met that much of a problem until like nine, where I have to try a little bit harder. So it's kind of weird to think like it's ten. It ends on ten and it's heaven, and then basically you're just like put into the wild with every player ever including pros just like sitting around um it's kind of weird that there's not like a hundred floors or something to like really uh create a better diverse a smoother um, well that would be they can't account for that being like like you know them there being enough people people to put in them yeah it is it's yeah i you're you're certainly right about that but it but it is hard like the smaller the rank structure is the harder it is to um, get a good skill level because if you you can go up those floors with relative ease, um, just oh, by you can go up those floors. I think with most people could ease. just by doing combos. I think in a lot of cases, like those the 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 first like seven floors are filled with people who didn't actually go to learn combos. Like they're just the kind of people who are just like I'm. I think this character looks cool. I'm gonna take it online and ranked. Um, so let's talk about something different. Unless, uh, unless you have any other do you have any out. other Guilty Gear thoughts? No, I love it. I think it's a great game. I'm excited for its future. I've put in so much time already, uh, and I just, you know, check it out. Fighting you know? game, always good to have a fighting game. It's uh, one of those things you like in your back pocket, like the like the ARPGs or a podcast game. Um, it's I've nice. Play, I've been practicing a combo this whole time. Oh, wow, I haven't heard it. Usually, usually it'd be very clickety-clackety, but I guess oh, you, uh, you use I a pad. So I've been switching back and forth, and I've actually been not having too much trouble. That's pretty interesting. I've never You'd be really surprised. I I I I maybe would be surprised. I've never really tried to play on pads since pretty early on in Street Fighter. I got um, a stick, and then I've been used to playing that. And then whenever, and then like this thing happens where like I'll I I've been you know at my volunteer uh, EMS place that my volunteer ambulance corps that I was at a while ago, and uh, people are like, oh, play Mortal Kombat or something, and it's like I know all these combos, but. They're, they, of course, don't have the stick, and then I have no idea uh, what to do, and I'm, like, losing, even though it's because with unfamiliarity with the controller. Um, so that's so funny that you mentioned that, because uh, I was in a, like, it was called an anime club in, um, in uh, college, but mostly it was just uh, a bunch of people who were always in this one room with a bunch of fighting games. Okay, so it's a fighting uh, games club. So, so it was essentially a fighting game club that said it was an anime club. Uh, and we all just sat around between our classes and played Marvel. Uh, and it's one of the reasons why I, I missed a lot of, of classes. Uh, but there, the science fiction club was having a tournament for Marvel versus Capcom. So uh, me and some friends from the anime club went and, you know, we had our fight sticks and they were like, no, we're not letting you use those. You have to play on a pad. So... It's the same buttons. So, so, so the people, the anime club players, like we won. I, I actually won the whole thing, but, but we all looked like bumbling idiots because yeah. we all never like, like we hadn't played the game at all on pads. So there were like people in in the science fiction club who thought they were like good at fighting games, uh, who were like doing you know like five hit combos or something in Marvel Three. Uh, oh Christ, all Mises. And then, well, well, you know how it is. Like, 
there are, people do think that they are good at fighting games. Yes. Uh, and I, and it, it, it's in the same way. I think that people think they're good at Excel because they don't actually know all the capabilities of Excel. Excel Deep is just cut. A, a fighting game. Yes. This the same thing happened in my college. Actually, there was a uh, tournament r- uh, run by a very famous, ridiculous um, Twitter and bad cartoonist um, that uh, who's who shall rename n- nameless. Uh, but he ran a like uh, Marvel's Capcom two um, tournament and a and then later would run I think a Street Fighter Cross Tekken tournament. And I won both of them. Galway went. Gal and I went to them. I think they wouldn't allow pads similarly, and uh, wouldn't allow sticks. They wouldn't allow sticks. And I, in the beginning of the tournament, we were just like, like they they uh, put right. They put like in one of them in tech in Marvel or in Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Uh, they put Galway and I like next to each other to fight each immediately, and we were like, no, 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 no. You cannot do that. Put us at the opposite end of this they, of this like uh, double elimination bracket, and uh have it go that way because we're this we're gonna this is gonna be the grand finals and we did that both times and it was the grand finals and i won i won a hundred dollars from one of them from i think the marvel one i forget if it was the marvel one or the cross second i thought maybe it's probably the cross second one uh but <laughs> the good days of winning a hundred dollars for a shitty street fighter cross second now in order to win a hundred dollars you have to put down a hundred dollars on amc i know right so another thing we've been playing is the stock market. <laughs> <laughs> was that really the transition <laughs> that you were going to, that's uh, really where you're going to go. That's funny though. Uh, right. You got it. I right? guess so. Uh, anyways, uh, we've also been playing Valorant, the new season's that. It's a wild change. There's a new character, KO. Um, and KO was not what the game needed, but I guess is pretty interesting. And I guess is a concept that people have been asking for a lot because he suppresses, main thing is that he suppresses the enemy team and makes them not able to use their abilities, turning the game into essentially Counter-Strike where you're just shooting. Um, his That's what his ult does. His ult makes it so that in an area he pulses and suppresses everything. If Even if like Raze has her grenade launcher out or Killjoy's turrets are out or Cypher's tripwires are out, they all kind of just stop working um, while he's doing that. And that's an ultimate, obviously. Um, then he, his main ability is a knife that he throws. It's a really fascinating kind of thing because it it, it creates this big bubble that, that uh, it, then he throws a knife, it lodges into a wall somewhere, and it creates this big bubble and it, it uh, that goes through all terrain and it tags anyone in it and suppresses them as well for 70 seconds so they, they can't use their abilities. And it tells you that, that you did that. So it's a really cool way of like kind of making him feel that silver roll slightly, being able to throw that at the start of the round. And or if you if you're not sure, oh, someone could be to the right, someone could be to the left of this corner, you know, a generic example. You just throw the dagger one way. If it pings that they're not there, then you don't have to clear it. Um, so that's that's cool. He has a very he has a, the flash that I think I've been asking for since the game launched, which is just a straight up throw flash. Like most people have their flash does something a little bit special. Breaches flashes out of the other side of a wall. Phoenix is a curveball that he throws. Um this is just a flash. It's just like a little grenade that he throws that flashes. And he can lob it. He can, like, pop flash it, like, counter-strike. Um, and he has a molly that explodes five times. So it's a really simplistic kit um, outside five of that. Five times? Yes, it explodes five times. And That's pretty good. It, it explodes five times, and it's lethal if you stand in it. Um, so it's a really simplistic kit. Um that is also about like simplifying the fights. It's like it's it's he was he was a character that was specifically designed for um, certain pros that are like 
I wish the game had a little bit less ability use and was a little bit more on the gunplay. Um, so it's a way for you to like almost get people down to your level. Like, no, let's duel with guns and no abilities. Um, so he's but he's one won me on final destination. me on final destination. So he's pretty he's pretty cool and he's fun and he's got terrible voice lines. Um, he's a robot. Uh, and I think the bigger changes was like one of the the two big changes that you could talk about just forever are the economy and the changes to shooting while running. Yeah, we don't have to get too into that because that's a little bit too uh, deep. But yeah, they essentially did rework uh, the way that you buy, like the the costs on every character and on most of the guns, uh, they tightened up uh, some of the shooting mechanics to make it so that uh, if you're standing still, you're rewarded. Uh, And overall, they seem like good changes. We don't really fully understand uh, what this means yet for the game. Like, it's fun that it's new, but it's hard to understand uh, the implications. It does uh, feel, like, way different than any patch before. I don't know if you're feeling like it, but I really feel like everything about, like, the minutia of running and counter-strafing or running and stopping and crouching and aiming and stuff has really, like, just changed overnight. Like, a lot of just my sprays just go completely above people's heads and stuff. Like, I'm really having a hard time adjusting to it. And then... On the flip side, uh, the game is super rewarding for people who, like, stop, stand, aim a headshot, and get a headshot. And with the economy changes, it's even more felt because um, you used to basically spend most rounds having a rifle, and the rifles kill really quickly, and those are kind of like the guns that you're working to get, that and the the sniper rifle to op. Um, But now, because of the economy, you spend a lot more time with those mid-tier guns a lot more time with the bulldog and the guardian and it's really interesting actually i think it's really i think that aspect of it is really interesting you're thinking way more uh, we we are talking way more at the start of a round and i'm thinking way more about my buys than i ever did and i feel like the shooting is like the most high skill ceiling it's ever been um i i was I, i'm wondering if riot was like getting a little bit worried about like the writing on the wall where if you could always kind of just walk and the bullets would at least mostly go where you were pointing that people would just get like so good at like running and spraying and walking and shooting and uh, that it would make it so that like there was not really a reason to stop and be more tactical. And I guess they were just worried about that. And this has been they've, they've made a lot of change, slow changes over time that were like these minor, minor changes. And this was like a major patch for that. This is like. You just cannot do those things anymore. Like, even mid-range, you really just can't, like, run and spray someone down with any reliability. You really have to, like, stop and line up a shot to make it work, and that's how you get rewarded. So um, I think a lot of people should be happy with that. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I'm ex- I I don't know how I feel about it yet. Uh, I think, like, on paper, it seems good. And I just got to, like, kind of see where it ends up, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's Valorant. I don't want to go. Those are video we games. always get into it. That could be video games. We played Oath. I don't know if you want to talk about Oath. That's a whole other yeah, thing. Yeah, that's okay. That's a lot to talk about. Okay. Some other Good time, game. then. Because Oath was really interesting, and it's really been on my mind. I think that's what I'm going to play for my birthday. Is, uh, my birthday. I want to play... I would like to play two rounds in a row of Oath, if possible. Imagine. Imagine. That's the dream. Um, I, I guess we'll talk more about it. it. It was a super hyped up game, and I don't know. It's, it's, and it lived up it, to it. Mostly. I guess it mostly did. I, I, I think that... It, I think that out of all the games I've played, it was the game that most told a story. That you could most, like, look at every round of it and the actions of it and the politics of the players. It's like, 
it's weird because it everyone has been so bad at explaining this game and I won't get really deep into it, but it's basically a tableau builder with politics and not and as crazy as I thought. Like it's, it's not, not as, as challenging or as no, it's not as complex as uh, it was made out to be. Yeah. I think on this Everyone's podcast, I called it, about it. I know everyone is so bad. Even Cole Worley is horrible at explaining it at this point because people are so bad at explaining it. And when you read reviews, it's like these very highfalutin, reviews of like what is a game truly cole because cole Worley himself is kind of seems like a jackass in real life because he's like this is my hate letter to um war games i'm like and politics games this is my hate letter he said it was like his hate letter to all board current board game archetypes and like tropes um i don't even know what that could possibly mean uh, oh, let him be himself. I know, right? Like, just bizarre. And it doesn't do anything to sell it. And and even, like, playthroughs, just, like, you don't even understand it until halfway through or until the game ends. And then you're like, oh, okay, this is not that complicated, but it's pretty cool. Thanks so, for video games. Thanks for video games. You do it, right? What do I do? Uh, WTDG podcast. Uh, no, that's what we are. That's who we are. That's our, that is our identity. The chip combos um, have zapped your brain. Have fried yeah, I've been you. doing them for literally as long as we've been recording. I've been just doing chip combos. Uh, WTDGpodcast.com. That's where we are. What's the deal with games? You can find us on Spotify, iTunes. You know, just look us up. You could follow the show or whatever it is that they let you do. On Twitter, at sign WTDGpodcast, which will give you notifications when we uh, post a new one. Thank you, Ryan Gowing and uh, Bumper. For the use of your music, we use the intro and outro. You can get it off the new album, Pop Songs 2020. You can find them at YouTube, where you can find links to all their merch. I'm not wearing their shirt right now, but I own it. And I'm not wearing their album, but I have it on vinyl. Because you can't wear an album. Um, to the to the moon. Du- dust to the moon. Oh, yeah. Is that, I'm going to workshop that one. But it makes sense, right? Fine. Like, dust uh, 5D to the moon. Right? Hmm. Okay, yeah, sure. Uh, charge 5D to the moon. Okay. You don't, you don't have, like, a, an outro saying? I think no. you have an outro saying. No. All right, not the